deny, deny, deny. And all else fails, deny again. Sometimes that denial can can be a really hard thing that can keep us from um, moving forward. If I went to the doctor's office and I asked for help and he says, tell me why you're here, and I didn't give him any information, that wouldn't be a good visit. It wouldn't be a fruitful visit because until I speak it out loud, Jesus can't do what he died to do for us to help us walk in that light and that everlasting life the way he promised. What does it look like to understand how denial works in our life and ultimately uncover and unhide in the darkness and bring it into the open and into the light so that Jesus can bring healing today. I'm going to talk about denial. Welcome to Celebrate Recovery Official, a podcast that shares life change stories, courage, hope, and leadership wisdom centered around the Beatitudes and Celebrate Recovery principles from Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus is telling us, do you want to be blessed? Do you want to be happy in spite of the circumstances? In spite of the circumstances, we can walk in blessedness and happiness and learn that walk in that newness of life, life as we face our hurts, hangups, and habits through his power. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. I'm the Global Field Director with Celebrate Recovery. And it's so, so good to be here with you today. It seems like a bizarre scenario going to a doctor and you finally get to see the physician and he asks what is wrong and we we just give him a vague answer. We don't speak to him. We, maybe we, maybe we, we talk about something that's completely different. Well, you know, the weather's been really bad lately, hasn't it? (laughs) Uh, How about, how about those bears? I'm a bears fan, but how about them bears and, and talk about that. And it's like, you know, nothing wrong with having conversations about that. But when, when you're there to see the physician, um, it's important that we get honest about what brought us into that space. Um, you know, the interesting thing is we have to, we have to be honest about, we have to be honest about what might be bringing us into this space. Now, sometimes I've heard this and maybe you can relate to this. We've been in a space where I don't know exactly what's wrong. I just know things are not right. Things are off and I just feel stuck right now. And that's the interesting thing. You know, if, if my doctor heard me say, um, I have a really bad sore throat. I have a pain in my right arm. It goes numb. Uh, I can barely grip anything. And, and every once in a while I get really dizzy and I just kind of sit down. Um, that would be kind of a, an interesting dilemma for the doctor. Now, what if your doctor just said, you know, I think you're good. Uh, I think, um, yeah, I think you just need to be positive and, and if you could just, um, kind of will yourself into not feeling that and maybe just, um, maybe not be dizzy, um, maybe, maybe just, um, you know, when you swallow just, 
uh, act like everything's good. It, it sounds bizarre to say that, but how we, we kind of do that with our recovery story, don't we? If a doctor had that mindset, we probably would, would fire them and we'd say, I came to you with, with some stuff that needs to be resolved and you're acting like uh, nothing, nothing is there. And that's just not a good, good place to be. So I want to know when I bring my pain, when I bring uh, the stuff uh, to the physician that he's going to do his job. And, and I think that's, that's, that's so important to the recovery process because sometimes we, we will see the symptoms and we will be that, that crazy doctor that just kind of says, well, just be happy. Just think positive. Um, if you could just will yourself to, to be able to get a better grip on things, then everything will be fine. And the reality is it doesn't work that way, does it? And, but we convince ourselves that way. I know in my life I, I could, I could get into that mindset of, of trying to just make it better. And here's the thing. I was sharing this uh, recently. I went to uh, some of you know my health my health conditions that I've had with my heart over the last four years, and and I was going through some symptoms. I actually went to the doctor for my um, deviated septum because of some past abuse from my stepfather. Some of you know my story, and my nose was pretty mangled on the inside, um, and I was having trouble breathing and sleeping. And so I finally, after years of battling this, uh, I decided to go to the doctor. And uh, he said, "Yeah, sure enough, you need to get you need to get your deviated septum. Let's do a surgery." So we scheduled a surgery, and came out of surgery. Everything was successful. They were able to reconstruct my nose so I could breathe. And but if you've ever had um, a deviated septum replay, repaired, it, it's a painful process. They kind of shove all this gauze up your nose and you have to keep it in there for a couple of days. And, you know, it's 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 messy and it's painful and you're black and blue kind of stuff. But but coming out of that, I, I sort of had symptoms of getting dizzy and, and uh, kept passing out and and um, it kind of revealed some things about my health. And so kept going to the doctor. Um, I don't know, you know, one doctor, even in one of the wee hours of the night in the ER said, I think you need a pacemaker, but I'm not sure. Um, go home. Let me know if the symptoms. So it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So eventually I'd passed out enough times and, uh, paramedics were actually in my driveway trying to revive me. They got my heart stopped and started and it stopped and it started again. And, and finally they did some stress tests and I went in and, and it was a 90 minute stress test about six minutes into that. My heart stopped a couple more times on the, in the, on the table there with the nurses they moved me right into the uh, ER for emergency surgery. I had a pacemaker. They knew uh, they'd seen enough that if I could be driving down the road, my heart could stop. That was not good for me or the other people driving. My driving's bad enough as it is. We don't need to add this to it. But so I'd have the surgery and I love technology because the pacemaker is installed. Everything's great. All right, we're just going to do a checkup now, put you in a wheelchair and they start wheeling me down to the x-ray machine. They want to just do one more scan. And I've got to go from, you know, one floor onto an elevator. And I don't remember how many floors down, but I go down several floors. 
And this guy notices the patch on my jacket in my room that says celebrate recovery. So he's asking me questions. He starts sharing his recovery story. It's pretty cool. But I start kind of getting real fuzzy and where it's almost like Charlie Brown that won't, 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 you know, <laughs> I don't have any idea what he's saying. But I knew I was having symptoms like I was going to pass out again. But it was fascinating because I was in my mind, I was thinking, this can't be happening. There's no way. I just had a procedure done on my heart to stop this. I can't be going down again. And so I didn't say anything to the nurse's assistant that was wheeling me down for the x-ray. And all I remember is, is just the symptoms getting worse. And I'm literally trying to breathe and focus on my breathing and concentrate and make myself, will myself not to feel what I'm feeling. Doesn't that sound just insane? But that's exactly what I was doing. Next thing I knew, I was waking up and I had multiple doctors and nurses standing around me where I had passed out and falling out, fallen out of my wheelchair. And I just remember just being exasperated. I remember telling the nurse, this can't be happening. Why is this happening? And she was so compassionate and loving. It's like, you know, I know this is so frustrating. And she just kind of held me in that space. But but what we found out is I also had low blood pressure, which was adding to the need for a pacemaker. So they figured that out. But the illustration is pretty telling of the recovery story. It feels powerless when we come to the realization that we can't will ourselves to victory. We can't will ourselves to feel better. <laughs> and that's exactly what I was trying to do in that space. And it reminds me in 2 Timothy 1, verse 9, it reads this way. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. God, God doesn't need us to save ourselves. And that's exactly what I was trying to do on my own willpower. I was trying to will myself to save myself. But Jesus' sole purpose in this world is, is to be the, the one to lead me to the finish line. And, and there's another passage that, that I think is, is, um, is important to, to kind of lean into is just through this lens of uh, not trying to to lean myself uh, or will myself toward, toward victory. Um, you know, that second Timothy one nine is, is an important, important one because his purpose, his grace is to get us to victory, to walk in victory. And so when I think about think, think about my own walk and how the enemy fed me with lies. He's about hiding and covering things up. Uh, when something is wrong, it's easy to kind of, um, fall into the mindset that everything's great. Just no, this can't be happening. And sometimes that's a natural defense mechanism. We try to just be positive and nothing wrong with positive thinking. But if I'm doing it in an effort to ignore and cover up something that may not be good, then then I, 
I have to, I'm putting myself in a bad predicament. So walking in victory means being honest about what is actually happening. So when I come to the physician, uh, some of us walk into the doors of celibate recovery and we're facing the, this, this uh, struggle that we're walking through. But then the physician, Jesus Christ says, Hey, I, which he already knows, but he, there's something about us expressing it that, you know, even confession, I shared this in a re- recent teaching that confession at its core meaning is to say the same thing. That's what it means to say the same thing. So God already knows what's true. He needs us to come alongside that, acknowledge it, admit it, to say that it is true. And then trust him with the action steps to allow him to um, move us to that holy life that that Timothy's talking about. But I I come into this space, the physician saying, "Hey, what what's wrong? Say the same thing. Admit what is true. I need you to speak it out loud because that's part of the healing process. When I can join that part of my story and say, "This is what happened. This is what is going on," so that. God can do what he, his whole purpose is that, that second Timothy one nine says his purpose and grace because of his own purpose and grace, uh, we're called to a holy life and he wants us to live as healthy, holy people. And sometimes when we deny and we try to act like everything's, um, okay, we stay stuck in that unhealthy, even unholy life apart from Christ. And, and that's a really a bad spot to, to be. So I have to come to the father and, and, and imagine Jesus, um, speaking, speaking these words to me. And he's saying, Hey, what's, what's going on? Just like I'm sitting in that doctor's office. Tell me what's going on. How, how can I help you? You, you made an appointment with the great physician in this case, right? what is going on? Tell me what's happened in your life. And let's talk about that so that we can ultimately get you to, to a, a path of, of, of healing and, um, yeah, restoration, redemption. So it, there's something powerful in naming that. Um, so when I think about that, I would, I think about the thing, reasons why I wouldn't do that. And so I'm going to take a super quick break right here And when we come back, uh, I want to talk about some reasons why we might deny that. Uh, Sometimes it can be shaming that what you idiot, why aren't you doing that, Rodney? But let's lean into some of those reasons why we might not acknowledge what is true so that the one who's called me to a holy life, his whole purpose and grace uh, to to lead me to that holy, holy life uh, can bring healing and, and take me on that path. So stick with me. I'll be right back and we'll continue the conversation. Hey friends, we have an incredible opportunity for you. If you're looking for another meeting, we've got an online open share meeting every single Wednesday. Wednesdays is open share globally. We have people from all over the world. All you got to do is noon Pacific, jump on, go to celebraterecovery.com, pick the link up there and you jump in. We got a, a testimony. We have a, a little lesson as we like to call them, uh, teachings with nuggets that we put our skin on it and then we uh, give a focus question and then we break up into gender specific groups so that we can unpack 
uh, what God is through the Holy Spirit speaking to us in those spaces. So, hey, add a add a meeting to your repertoire with your, in addition to your local meeting, your Celebrate Recovery. Come see us every Wednesday noon Pacific. Go to celebraterecovery.com to pick up the link and join us this Wednesday. We hope to see you there. Welcome back. As as going to the break, I was talking about just that. You know, sometimes we can kind of get hard on ourselves, and and we may not lean into those uh, scary places. When the great physician, we've made an appointment, maybe we've walked through the doors of Celebrate Recovery, or maybe we've been crying out to him. And even in those sweet moments where he's willing to reach out and say, "I'm I'm here to help." Uh, I, I want to help you, but I need you to tell me what's going on. And that naming it can be scary. And, and I think one of those reasons that we might, um, we've, we don't do that is because of shame. And thinking about, um, uh, when, when Peter had denied, uh, Jesus, you know, you know, the, the rooster will crow uh, three times and you will deny, you'll deny me. Um, you will deny me three times. And, and I think that it's interesting to think about the scripture says in the book of Luke and Jesus looked, looked at him straight in the eye. Um, it's interesting to think about that. What, how do you view Jesus's look in that space? Do you look at it as, um, you idiot, or I'm so disappointed in you. <sighs> you did it again. You can't ever get your life straight. Sometimes that, you know, I think one of the reasons why we might go to the physician and he's saying, Hey, I need you to confess, to say the same thing, to say what is true, what he already knows to be true, just to say that out loud to bring that front and center into the light. The enemy's about darkness. Jesus is about the light. And he says, I need you to bring it into the light where I can bring healing. I think one of the reasons why we might not in that space, even though part of us may wonder and think, yeah, he, he does have the power, but man, I don't know if I should bring this into the light. I think shame is one of those. And just thinking of Jesus looking at Peter, he looks him straight in the eye. Um, I think how do I view, my brother and I were talking about this, who, what, who's the Jesus that you know? And I think, um, I think my heart of hearts, I don't see Jesus looking at Peter with disappointment. He denied him just like he said he would. But it's almost like a look of compassion. It's like, oh, we're here. I know. We talked, this is a hard place. It's almost like, man, this is, this is why I'm here. This is why we're in a relationship together. This is, this is not a look of shame. This is a look of compassion, a look of love that I I love you where you are, but I love you too much to keep you there and, and just go ahead and say it, just admit it of what happened if it was your fault or, or wasn't your fault, the same same uh, recipe is I've got to bring it into the light. Um, I've got to I've got to bring it to your attention and say this is what happened. And you've heard me share this before, but just you know, God in the garden when He goes looking for Adam and Eve, hey, three questions, hey, 
Where are you? God knows where they are, but he needs them to admit it. Hey, we're in the bushes. We're naked and we're afraid. And then his second question is, who told you that? Who told you that? And, and we can, again, that lens, we can look at God going, who told you that? You know, kind of discipline. No, he's, I hear a compassion. God, who told you that? Where are you? I already knew where you are. I just need you to tell me who told you that. I think that's speaking to the lies that shame tends to tell us. Well, the snake, he, he's the one that said we, we would become strong if we ate of the apple. Right. You know, the enemy told us this. And then his third question is, what did you do? And as again, it's a loving, I need you to just own it. Come out of denial, come out of hiding, come out of darkness, come into the light. And Jesus would ultimately fulfill that incredible great light to defeat darkness on our behalf through the gospel message. I need you to acknowledge it. So when Jesus is looking at us as the great physician, He's looking us in the eye after everything that we walk into that space with. And he said, I got you. I'm here with you. Um, he, he holds that, that pain, that space that we walk in there with, with, with great respect. And I was sharing this uh, recently that, that he doesn't justify anything that happened to us or that we did to other people is hurt people, hurt people. He calls it exactly what it is. And he looked it right in the eye and he said, I've earned the right to bear this. Let me take it. But you got to tell me if you don't speak it out loud, it doesn't become real. And I don't know if you've ever shared something and just thought, man, this is so scary to say it out loud. But once you say it out loud, it becomes real and it loses its power in that fascinating, just speaking it out loud, confessing. There's such power in confessing it out loud. Again, even if it's something that was done to you, confessing what that was that was done to you so that it can't sit in my body any longer, I can begin to allow the great physician to, to bring the healing uh, that my heart, my heart longs for in that space. So it, it's such a, a fascinating thing. But if my doctor just tried to just uh, gloss over that in um, try to act like nothing w was going on, then, then I would find a new doctor because I am having symptoms and Jesus is about truth and light. And he wants us to do the same thing. Um, and so as, as I'm kind of unpacking that, I just want you to think about what, what's going on in your life these days. What, what are the things that, that the enemy may uh, convincing you remember the the thief comes only to steal kill destroy but jesus comes that we may have life and have it to the full and life comes by bringing it to light is there anything in your life these days that you're covering up that you're keeping in hiding and stay curious about that what, what are the good reasons why you're covering that up what are you what's your greatest fear and maybe you're not ready to confess it out loud, but maybe you just kind of lean into the fears. And I've done this with sponsees before. What are your fears? What can I be praying? I mean, get clear on what the fear is. I, I'm afraid if I say this out loud, um, I'm going to be judged or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be rejected or no one's going to love me or um, 
it's pointless. It's just going to get worse kind of a thing. What, let's just call out what those fears are and then maybe make your prayer. Lord, help me to break down this fear that's keeping me from speaking out loud the very things that are killing me. This is killing me. And you are the great physician. Help me to learn to consider the possibility that maybe, maybe God has the power Maybe he has the power to help me with this. Maybe he wants to. Maybe he's willing to. Maybe he's caring and compassionate and wants to meet me in this space. Because here's the thing. Uh, Our brother here locally was teaching on the denial lesson recently, and and he talked about this passage in 1 Peter 5. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And that next verse, resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. See, the the roaring lion, it, the one he, he's looking for someone to devour, the one, I think, the where the enemy gets us, the enemy can't touch us. What he does is he tries to hijack what God has created. God created you he doesn't have the power to create someone as uh, unique and uh, such a masterpiece and handiwork like you. But what he will try to do, since he can't create you, is he'll try to hijack you. And one of the ways he gets his claws in to try to devour you and I is through our hiding and covering up and shame and acting like nothing is wrong. Nothing is there. Um, it, everything's fine. Maybe, maybe, maybe things will get better. Um, that, that's just a big lie. Um, if something is killing me, I want to go to the doctor. And in this case, Jesus and, and be completely honest about the things that the enemy is trying to kill me with. Um, I, I, you know, Satan is the father of lies. Uh, He's the deceiver. He's the enemy. He's the accuser. He wants you to be spiritually dead. He wants you to be in darkness. He wants to convince you that it's better to keep it in hiding, whatever that habit is that you've been trying to stop over and over and over again and can't do it. But here's the thing. If you've been in that space, there is good news. Jesus, the one who is about bringing things into the light, who defeats death, he literally defeated death by going to the cross and buried and resurrected. He wants to give us life. And the only way we can experience life is by coming into the light. And it's just acknowledging that um, I don't have to fight this, this battle on my own. In fact, the victory that I long for um, only happens through Jesus Christ. All I have to do is invite him into that. And I was praying this morning with some sponsees, um, just, Lord, open my eyes. And that's my prayer for you, the, the one that's listening right now. If you're in a, a place where you're covering some things up in darkness, that you would come into the light. Lord, open my brother's and sister's eyes to those scary parts of their heart, scary parts of their mind, or even their soul where um, maybe they're tempted through the enemy's lies to, to live like everything is okay and there's nothing wrong and they're just trying to be positive knowing that they're slowly dying on the inside.
And then, Father, remind them that they have the power. They have access to the power through the Holy Spirit to walk in victory. All we have to do is to call out to you and and know that we are powerless, to admit that we're powerless and invite you into that scary place. And, Lord, that, to know that you will take care of everything that they're covering up and you'll bring them into that 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 precious space special place, that space of safety as you uh, bring light, you shine light on those dark spots. Um, as we get real and honest, and and I shared this last Friday night, in fact, that the honesty is one of uh, the greatest qualities um, and fruits of intimacy. Intimacy is into me, you see. Lord, into me, you see, this is what's going on. I feel like a failure. And why do I feel like a failure? Because of this habit that I'm practicing and, and I've tried too hard and too long to stop it. And it's just not working. And so father, give me the courage to bring you into it and then share with one or two other people what's going on in my life so that I don't have to walk in that darkness. Bring me into the light so that I can believe maybe for the first time that I can walk through your Holy Spirit into this beautiful space called recovery as you shine light on those those really hard places in my life. Um, and Lord, I pray that you bring healing to their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope, I hope um, that if you're in a place where you're covering things up and hiding uh, the scary parts of your heart, your mind, your soul that are that have got you stuck, that you would be encouraged today that you're not designed to face that alone. No matter what you've done, no matter where you are, Jesus loves you, and he loves you too much to keep you there. Uh, the worst thing the physician can do is see your condition and the symptoms that you limp in with and go, oh, I think you're good. That would be the worst thing for your, your soul. That would keep you spiritually dead where that enemy can devour you. The deceiver, the enemy can uh, devour you like a roaring lion, right? He wants to prowl on you. Um, no, I want, I want to bring my symptoms to the father and then for him to be honest to himself and say, that's hard. It's messy, but we're going to face it together and you don't have to stay in that place of hiding any longer. So very hard sometimes, but very, very much, uh, worth it. Well, I hope this has been a helpful conversation for you. Uh, denial can be tricky. Uh, the enemy is about hiding, deceiving, uh, covering up. Jesus is about, he's in the business of bringing things into the light. Why? Because that's where healing begins. That's when he can do his miraculous work in our lives as we bring it into the open courageously and we mourn the things that have been done to us or things we've done to others. He brings the comfort that we need as he ultimately transforms us to walk in that holy life as he intended. Hey, don't face this alone. Join us. Go to CelebrateRecovery.com to find a meeting near you, and we hope you'll join us at a CR near you. Thanks for being with me today. Hope you'll join me next time. Until then, God bless.